so we came to some sort of conclusion about how we open these, but I don't remember what it was. So I don't know. Is this, the, is this how we open? Is this it? Hello? It's been a year. We're just going to pretend everything's normal. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we were here, we were talking about zombies and we were in a cabin in <laughs> Georgia <laughs> drinking bourbon and tequila yeah. and talking about zombies and making s'mores in the uh, oven. It was a year ago. My God. It was over a year ago. I miss it. I do too. And Um, guys, I miss you. You're listening to this. If you're listening to this, you like are the best because it it has been a year since we released. Um, I guess some things have changed since then. We are both on TikTok. You should follow our accounts, you know, if you really like listening to us talk. And I think you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. you are. (laughs) Yes. But you can find EJ at EJ Winstrom and I am at that ADHD author and also at Embassy Wells Books. I don't know why I felt the need to plug that, but. Nah, it's big. Big breaking news. That's what happened in 22. We're done. So speaking of 2022, how do you like this segue? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really great year, I think, for science fiction and fantasy. It was. It was a good year for speculative fiction in general, I think. And honestly, it was an especially good year for horror. I feel like, like, I feel like horror's having a moment, like back in the depths of the pandemic times, it was like a a moment for romance as like a major, major thing. And horror was kind of like a shadow movement happening, like kind of quietly next to it. And I feel like as come back out of things, it's shifted It has so that horror is like major, major right now, and it's doing such good, smart, frankly, literary types of things. It's just so cool. There's a lot out. There's a lot of good stuff out. And as somebody that, so if you guys are listening, you probably know that me and EJ are both authors, and we write different things. Well, in 2019, I signed with my agent, and we went on sub in 20 no 2020. I signed with my agent in the middle of all Mm. the chaos, and then I I went on sub with a really dark book, and that's what. I, I had a hard time with it because nobody was in the headspace to deal with that because everything was like bananas. Um, and romance was having such a moment. We got some really good rom-coms and some funny and some great raunch-com. Like, I didn't know that mm. was a thing, but I have found it recently and it is hilarious. And I think you're right. I think now a lot of that horror that was being written that was really great is finally having a moment to shine and a lot of books that are getting attention now they're not even new books they were written a while ago and they're just having the spotlight on them because people are hungry for it it's the moment it is the horror moment so true man like there's so many things going on right now i haven't seen any of these yet but we had barbarian which became a huge thing this year is an indie film in september we had the menu which i've heard incredible things about from people i like super trust on films Uh, We had Nope earlier in this year, the third in the Jordan Peele trilogy, which, by the way, is like a horror western. I want to see that. So I've been dying to see it and just haven't yet. Oh, yeah. We had the entire micro trend of the female cannibal, which we talked about a little bit on our other podcast recently, but I think it's worth unpacking here, too, because you've like really like gone down that path now. You've done some some exploration. I'm going to have to tell you in a minute when we dive into this how I went from the cannibal to smutty smut pot, pot oh, that <laughs> smutty smut pipeline of what's on my Kindle because <laughs> I was like, I need, I need fluff because I typically read darker books. That's where I trend. I, I don't know. Horror, thrillers, suspense, mm. anything like that. 
but I finally broke my brain and was like, just give me all the HEAs. Yeah. Yeah. Which one was it you read again? Certain Hunger? Oh God. Not yet. Oh, that was next okay. on my list, but I read, this is, this is the order of the books I read and you'll see yes. why I needed a break. I read Earthling, which is the weirdest book I have ever read in my life. I don't know that I would call it horror. I, I feel like it's a weird book. It's thought provoking. It is actually, I want to say by a Japanese author and it's been translated to English. So it's, it's pretty short. Um, and sometimes translated books, the sentence structure would be a little different because it's, it's a translation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you read it, go in knowing that. But the story is so bananas. And check the trigger warnings. Check them because they are serious. I never check the trigger warnings. Um, so I went from that book. And it is about a woman who has who endears some pretty traumatic stuff as a child. And it leads her to believe that she is an alien and lots of weird stuff happens there is cannibalism in that book sort of there nope there is totally i remember now yep it's in there (laughs) um i forgot that whole that book is like a fever dream and then i went from that to bones and all which is this weird coming of age it was written in 2015 but the movie is out now so you know um if you want to read the book before you get to the movie it's this almost wholesome coming of age story about this girl that ever since she was born she is an eater and like if she feels close to like it was all boys except for the first one was the babysitter she eats them bones and all and it doesn't happen on the page it is ya so like if you're worried about gore it's really not gory it's just strange and it was all right i liked it it threw me kind of at the end which made me like it a little bit better if it wouldn't have ended the way that it did, and I can spoil it for you if you want me to, but if it, because it's written in 2015, but don't spoil but it. But the movie's out now, so uh, uh-huh. if it hadn't ended the way it ended, I probably would have been like mm, two stars, three stars. But huh. it's good. Then okay. I put on my big girl panties and decided, thank you, Danielle DeVore. I'm just joking. She knows I'm joking. Red, Tender is the Flesh, and it broke me it was so i can't spoil it because the ending is everything like there's even people on tiktok that record them reading and it's literally the last page of the book um that takes place in a dystopian future where meat has become inevitable to humans um like it's a virus so all animals have to be killed um no pets no meat nothing like that so they turn to cannibalism and it's legalized and they have like human cattle or whatever. Rather than go vegetarian. Rather than go vegetarian. Just and the eat author, each other. Um, the author, I think, is vegan. She is um, a Latina woman. And this book is translated too. And it's translated beautifully. And it, I'm trying to think of the way to say this. It was a book that I couldn't stop reading. It is a horror novel, but it wasn't scary. It was just super bleak. And the mm. author, I think, is vegan, and it was a commentary on, like, big farming. Like, wow. not farming, like, vegetables, but, like, the meat industry. Uh, and it accomplished its job. Like, I literally haven't eaten meat since I read that book. Not because of a moral reason, just because I can't. I'm like, nope. And, uh, guys, I finished it at Thanksgiving. That's the problem. <laughs> That's truly tragic. I ate like I one little piece of turkey and I was like, nope, 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 nope. And the ending of that book is so bad. So um, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I guess it is a podcast, so I'll continue. That's the job. <laughs> so I finished that book, and next up in my queue was, and I did not plan this. I don't know what happened. All my Libby books just happened to come in like this. I was not on, like, a cannibalistic role here. Like, I, like, I know we joke about cannibalism a lot, but I don't, like, <laughs> seek it out. The next book to come through in my Libby queue was A Certain Hunger, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. What can I do? What's the opposite of this? And I, that's how I discovered Ruby Dixon because I was like, I need something fluffy. I need something fluffy with an HEA that I don't have to think that's going to make mm. me smile. And I found Ice Planet Barbarians and Friends. I would have never probably read that book otherwise, but I was looking for something very just specific, I guess. And that's how I, I fell into this series of big blue aliens that are DTF. Like, <laughs> down to fornicate i guess <laughs> are they censoring do. the swear words now no down to I fuck and it was like now. every it's like every other chapter it's crazy well i mean bananas okay. i'm sorry and uh yeah and so okay. i broke my brain and now i'm reading alien smut which nothing wrong it, with that no hey listen hey we have tina moss coming on the other podcast and she writes some alien smut i have questions so but that, that's been my cannibal. So I'm going to tell you, if you want to read, because I know you've talked about A Certain Hunger, and I kind of want to read that too. Don't just save Tinder as the flesh for when you, like, really hate humanity. Yeah. Like, it's... I mean, so... It's very like, short. Next Tuesday? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's very short, and it should okay. be a quick read, but I had to keep, like, setting it down. And, like, just for the record, I read horror all the time. Like, I'm trying I, to remember I, which of these are in my Libby queue. Because, of course, then the thing is, like, when will it randomly show up in my reading list at, like, a really awkward time? Yeah, that's, I mean, but it, it, <laughs> it's the details. It's the details. Like, so, in, like, Bones and All, she's just, like, she could smell him, and then she did the bad thing. And that's it. And you're like, oh, man, girl, why are oh. you eating another boy? So, that's, like, like the warm-up? Yeah. And then you okay. go, Tender as a Flesh is talking about, like, the soup with knuckles floating in it. And, oh. like... Knuckles, though? Like, I oh. can't think of a single animal I'd want to eat the knuckles of. Well, they like some people knuckles. And then, <laughs> um, you know how, like, hunters will have, like, like, and some people will have, like, deer heads on their wall or whatever? There's oh, yeah. a character that hunts people. It's, yeah. It's, it's intense. That's in Sin City, too. Since we were just, oh. we were just, I feel like my yeah. brain's just everywhere at once. We just talked about Sin City on our other one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, we, of course we that can one's say it our women. other one, but like you need to like it's called Troped Out Podcast. If you like books and you like authors, and you want to hear us talk to authors about books, you can get that a listen. Um, yeah, a listen, a listen. So that is my cannibalistic rant. The cannibal to smut pipeline. Be warned. Um, have your Kindle loaded with um, something happy. So, ba ba ba. Pretty good, pretty good. And uh, yeah, I mean, another uh, notable for me in the uh, the horror genre this year was Manhunt by Gretchen Felker Martin. You have told me about this book. And I know I have told you about this book because it was very, very good. Okay. And it, okay, so it's a dystopian, or I'm sorry, it's a post-apocalyptic future society in which kind of like why the last man in terms of premise all men have been eliminated from earth due to some sort of gender correlated 
disease that turns them into zombies. It's like all men or it's all people with like a Y chromosome or... It's the, the details of that are not ever fully hashed out, but it, I am guessing it is some semi-hormonally correlated because here's the thing. There's a lot of trans women who have survived. Oh, Okay. And so this book, and part of what makes it very special because we don't get enough of this in rep, you know, this rep in literature is that it centers on a couple of trans characters and their horrors of trying to navigate this post-apocalyptic world because there is this like army of turf women who are trying to like reorganize society and take it over as like the, like, like a self-designated military and right. so they are very actively trying to get rid of anyone who they don't consider enough of a female oh, wow. to be safe in this new society, right? And so it's very heavily metaphorical in terms of society and the dynamics in play. It kind of really dials up to a 10, some of those kind of everyday horrors. And uh, it's got some really good body horror going on, too. I want to read it. It's very sharply written, very smart storytelling so you know i find that in horror though like the best horror to me has uh, a purpose and it makes you compare things to your own world like i love a good like thoughtless jump scare whatever also but like the books that stick with me in the genre are the ones that make me see like like i compare it to the world i live in and like it's proven a point so that does sound good and what was the name of that again it's called manhunt and the cover, by the way, is freaking perfect. With the it's cherries. Yes. Just I almost picked cherries. it up the other day. I, like, had it in my hand. I should have got it. Although I did read a really good book. I read, it is called Never Saw Me Coming, and it is about college kids oh. in a psychopathy program. And it was really good, too. It wasn't really horror. It was more of a thriller. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, horror movies, did you watch anything this year that – it doesn't have to necessarily, I guess, be from this year, but did you see anything that made you go, okay? I mean, yeah. I, I had a few shows that just really turned me over into, like, Obsession World. Um, so, first of all, since we're doing a bit of a 2022 overview, I don't know if you – I did not, as a preface. I don't know if you got into any of the, like – many Star Wars shows that came out this year or the Star Trek shows or like all of these like major franchises had so many things like the rise of power uh, with the Lord of the Rings or the House of Dragons or any of these. But I feel like these are like behemoths of these like show fandoms all had new things come out this year. And it was like a wave of just like, I can't even do this right now. And I don't like, know why. Enough content to dig through for the next little bit yeah so here's where i'm at i i'm not gonna say i'm over star wars because i'm not over star wars but i definitely stepped back however i have a a son well i have two sons and i have one son that is like a huge star wars nerd and the other one is just a little bit of a star wars nerd and they are on top of it and they really enjoyed it so i guess it was good i've been wanting to get into star trek because there's so much star trek like i grew up on it um watching it the next generation as a little kid and my parents would like rent the old star trek originals from the library and we would watch them um so i love it but now it's just like there's so much it's like white noise i i can't i can't 
I can't do it. And, you know, and I tried to watch The Mandalorian last year and just did not find it as compelling as everyone else did. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to attack it, but no. it just did not strike that chord for me. And I had the same experience with all of the, the Marvel shows after WandaVision. WandaVision was great. Yes. Um, and I just am over it. Anything that's a big franchise like that, I just – I don't have that drive anymore well i will tell you because i want to put a pin in wandavision and come back to that because i want to ask you if you saw dr strange or not but um so if you liked wandavision they do her so dirty in dr strange really yeah like i was like all about the movie i was excited to see it and then i was like really this is who we're turning wanda into this is what we're reducing her to we're making her not intelligent we're making her not like she's just which I love a furious woman even in the wrong. But I just uh-huh. was like felt so like Default. we got WandaVision and it was good and yeah. then they used her in Doctor Strange as the antagonist, which is great, but the way they did it, it was just like peace out. Like I was so over That's it. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's really a bummer. I will say this though, there were some excellent shows this year. Oh, did you watch House of Dragons? I find drag yeah. House of Dragons, people are split on it. But I'll tell you this. House of mm-hmm. Dragon, this is my thoughts. Because I watched the first episode, and I was like, that's okay. And I watched the second episode, and I was like, this is boring. And I watched the third episode, mm. and I was like, really? What? Keep watching. Really? This season, yeah. This season. Can't believe you got is, that part. No, it lays the groundwork. The last, like, couple of episodes are so freaking good. They're so good. The last episode is great. And so I feel like, if you don't want to watch it, you really probably don't have to. But I feel like next season, really? it's going to be, yeah, I feel like this was like laying the history of why okay. everything is about to be bananas. This so, is why you don't usually do prequels. Mm-mm. Well, so <laughs> in season one, Game of Thrones, they kind of did this a little bit, but they did it so much better. But like, then they killed... Sean being really quick. Well, like, they showed us, like, why everything was in turmoil and who mm-hmm. was, you know, and that was great. Mm-hmm. Here, I think they had, like, 20 years to cover or something, and they were, like, Mm-mm. jumping Mm-mm. around. Mm-mm. And Step I almost would have rather just, like, picked it up and then them just, like, tell us that stuff happened. Yeah, like, just do the Star Star Wars, like, prelog yes. role. Get it but over it, with. I can't gets, do that. Uh, Three episodes gets, is too many. It gets really good, though. It's mm-hmm. It's worth it at the end. You could probably just skip. <laughs> I mean, you know, I figured I out. There's so many good TV shows out there now that it's hard to keep up with the ones you do want to watch. But I will bear that in mind. If I start hearing a lot about it in the new season, I might try to catch up. Well, so that will my, be good to know. I have a really hard time starting new things in shows mm-hmm. and like committing. So if I make it through two, I'm like, I'm in. I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm in this. With the and we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> And also, Matt Smith was in it, and you remember, like, back in the day, I was the hugest, like, Doctor Who fan, and yeah. he was the Doctor, so, and it was kind of fun to see him play, which I know he's been in other things since then, like, he played in The Crown, I didn't really watch um, that that much, but it was really fun to see him in this, like, completely different role, because I didn't know if he was going to, how he was going to do in it, but he did really well, I thought. Speaking of Doctor Who, though... A big thing that happened this year was the announcement of the new Doctor, yes, Shudi Gatwa, yes. who will be the first Doctor Who of color. So we just had the first female Doctor, 
right. here we are, fucking finally. But it has, are you still following it? Okay, so Jodie Whittaker is the doctor yeah. right now. Kind oh, of. Oh, okay. Here's so where when does the, okay. I watched it, I, I love, it was Eccleston, then it was Tennant, and then it was Smith, and then it was Capaldi. And with Capaldi, they kind of lost me. And then I found out, oh, I like Capaldi. I didn't like his relationship with his, like, companion. Like, when it switched, like, his sidekick. Then I was like, okay, this works. It wasn't that she was a bad actor. It was just I didn't like their dynamic. I've had a really hard time getting into Jodie Whittaker, which really bummed me out because I wanted to so bad because I wanted, you know, the female doctor. Yeah. But I feel like they tried. She's good. Like, she's a great actor in it. But I feel like they tried to make I feel like they were writing Matt Smith's doctor for her. Oh, and that's it's a bummer. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she's just silly and this, that, and the other. And whereas they should have approached it as, I don't know. That's just my feeling as somebody that watches it. And I ha- I'm behind like a whole season or two seasons. Okay. That used to never happen. So I am kind of excited for a new doctor. I'm especially excited that they're, they're long overdue to have like a black doctor yeah. or any, you know, it's been very white in Doctor Who, I'll tell you. But I'm I'm excited anyway because I'm ready to. God, I feel so, like such a traitor saying that because I really wanted to love her, but I'm ready to like like the well, series again. And it's like that classic thing. Like it, this feels like the same sort of thing of like there's statistics that demonstrate this just like a consistent thing where like female CEOs finally get named when it looks like the company is about to tank anyway, yeah. and then everyone's like, look, female CEO. And not to say that Doctor Who is about to tank, but no, it sounds it, like they just served her very poorly in how they wrote her and, like, didn't that's it. That's give it. her and something decent to work with. Because she's incredible. Like, Broadchurch was... Oh, I forgot she was in that. Because Tennant was in that, too. Like, Tennant was yeah. in that, too. And who was the other Doctor? That's awesome. BBC, very like, a small show. family. Yeah. Um, she's really good. And I, I feel like there is a lot of that. The writers kind of... I think it was a weird time, like, when she came in to be the doctor, and then she's following Capaldi, and he had, he started slow. I didn't like it in the beginning, but he had this epic storyline, and maybe, too, I've just seen so much of it that it starts feeling repetitive, you know? They should have not told the writer's room they were changing the gender and had them write the entire arc first, and then just right. cast it. That's what they should have done, and because they kind of have this thing, too, whenever they make a change, and I hope they've learned, especially going into next season it's like they lean too far into it and it becomes mm. the whole identity of the show so like when Capaldi became the doctor he was older and we had like four episodes and it was just about his age and like how he looks like an old man now I'm like nobody cares he's like 500 years old like <laughs> do this he's an alien yeah nobody cares but anyway no that's a bummer. sorry we started talking about fandoms and then you know like you know if it comes hey. up <laughs> Well, okay, speaking of fandom, though, I just finished Wednesday, and I know I already told you that you have to watch it also. I don't know if you've yes. gotten very far yet, but I just so. adored it. And Jenna Ortega is yes. just so perfect in this role. She is so good. And I just really, really enjoyed it. How far have you gotten so far? You can spoil it for me because I'll still, like, I will still watch it. But uh, I think I watched the second episode today on okay. the treadmill and part of the third and it's okay. getting good. It's, like, really getting good. Um, Start watching. I didn't realize this until I started reading about the show after I finished it. She doesn't blink. Like, anytime she's on screen, 
she doesn't blink. And I kept getting, like, really caught up in her eyes and loving the whole look. And they're so, like, big and dark and she's so perfect at her expressions. I didn't even realize that was part of what was drawing me in. Yeah. She reminds me of, so when you would see, like, like, literally when you would see, like, Wednesday Adams drawn, like, as a cartoon. And it's, like, all eyes and, like, first lips and just stare. Like, she kills it. Like, that is, she is Wednesday Adams. But I love how Christina Ricci is in the show. Yeah. Because she was Wednesday, like, when we were kids, right? Such a good homage. Yes. I keep thinking, like, it wasn't that long ago. And then it was in, like, 1990 when they did the remake, right? Because I was, it's weird how that works. Because the, the thing that makes me realize how long ago it was was my little sister had a gymnastics recital and they did the music to the Adams Family rap by MC Hammer. So, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yeah, that was in the olden days. Anyway, Wednesday is just really excellent. It's a really good extension of the Adams Family story and she's just perfect in the role. Just so, so perfect. I will say once you get to the end of the show, I want to unpack it a little bit with you. Because I felt a little bit like the overall story arc near the end did not quite suit Wednesday Adams. I might be projecting a little bit because I feel like there's a certain like everybody comes together sort of arc that happens that I'm a little over as a extreme loner. But (laughs) like they do it very well. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like a personal thing of just like, really? Everyone's going to help each other again? (laughs) That's how it... Well, I guess it does take... So, like, who is the audience for this, really? Is it like a young adult? That's a great question. I I do think there's a little bit of a bridged audience thing going on here because it's certainly for, I think, like a teen to young adults, by which I mean actual young adults, like 20s type of audience, like a Gen Z sort of audience. But I also think that they did a really good job of giving some homage to the classic, by which I mean what we grew up with, not the real classic. Um, (laughs) So I think there's a really good crossover for like millennials and probably Gen X in there too. I will say this. Uh, in its first week, this is the first show that broke Stranger Things viewership record. You know, I heard that. I didn't hear the Stranger Things, but I heard that it was like yeah. the, the most streamed of all time or whatever straight through. And I was like, it beat Stranger Things because that's... It did. That's unbelievable. That's great. It's I mean, wild. I mean, it's not great. That's wild. That's what I'm Yeah. Saying. Speaking of Stranger Things, we did get a new... Gosh, was that this oh year? Oh my goodness. Yes, we did. We got so well, and it's hard to remember because it was the first half of the last season of the show. And by the way, I did not realize when I was watching it that I was not watching the end end. I got to the end of it and I was like, "Well, that's not a conclusion." And I got like really angry and Chris was sitting there with me and he was like, "You have to stop talking to the television." And I'm like googling and yelling and it was like, "Oh, okay." So there is Wait, another but, half of the season. But the half, the second half came out, huh? Or not? No. Are you sure? I mean, I'm pretty upset if I missed it. Like, didn't they beat Becknell? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they they did, but they didn't. They, they banished him from the realm, but I don't think it's over, over. Okay, so that was season five. 
Oh, wait, maybe that's what happened. They released the second half of season four, and I thought it was the end of the show, but now there's going to be a season five. I think uh, that's I, what happened. All I know is I Stranger Things, like, I loved it when I watched the first season, and then, like, every season I was kind of like, eh, eh, eh. And just from a writing standpoint, which mm-hmm. I feel like such a pretentious bitch saying that, but right. truly. And this last season, I was like, okay, oh. Pantsers. Way to go, because they wrapped up all these rando storyline things. And I really, it might be my favorite episode, my favorite season really? besides season one. Like, I really liked oh, it. There's yeah. no replacing season one. Like, it's such season an instant classic. Good. But, okay, season two, I think I was a little bit meh on, other than the addition of Max. And then, was it season three where they brought in... Um, the mall. They were in the mall. The mall, but also was that the one that was like Fourth of July themed, or I was think that season two? Yeah, no, with the I pool. think with the pool. I think that was. Uh, hold on. And no, and then like also like the 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 Independence Day like festival. I think was that was that the county fair. Was that two or three? I I I I've lost it because that's but the episode that where, one that's I really the lost. season where Max's brother dies. Yeah. I think that was the same season as the mall. This is like, okay, it's all of the same in my head. <laughs> anyway, whatever <laughs> season that not. was, I was extremely dubious of their ability to go from really embracing the Halloween stuff to embracing a different season, like just summer yeah. in general. And I was like, this is not going to work. And they knocked it out of the park as far yeah, as I was did. concerned. Um, so that really stuck with me. The, the thing that I is like, continues to like simmer under my skin because it bothered me so much was when they did this whole like side trip for uh 11 when she went and she like discovered these other kids who were in the lab with her and they also have superpowers and they go off and have like this side adventure and it never like amounts to anything else like there's first of all it felt very like x-men teen to me right and also it felt like, like, you can't just discover that all these other people out here have superpowers, too, and then never utilize that. Like, where are all these other people in all of these other battles that they're fighting? I think they all died, didn't they? Did they? I they all died? Every I single think... other person who ever had superpowers and was part of this lab all died? I think she thinks that she killed them on accident. She... Isn't that right? Did I block this out? I've completely lost that. I think this. you may have a couple episodes left <gasps> that you didn't know about. What? I don't no. know, though. Don't listen, friend. I might be <laughs> hyping you up for nothing because I can't remember shit. Okay, like, maybe I watch somebody it, can tell I enjoy us. it, it's gone. Like, I can't even yeah. tell you what my own I'm sure about. that's what happened. I'm sure I, like, latched on to the thing that made me upset and then ignored that they resolved it. But... <laughs> They led us to believe they were all dead, except for Vecnal, who was number one. Oh. Oh. And now we know. But I wish that... I get what you're saying. I did feel like there was a lot of, like, fluff there that I didn't care for. Why did this happen? Yeah. I'm like, like, come on, let's keep up the pace. We don't need three episodes of this. We have a core group. It's already expanding. It's a good set of characters. Why are we we side-adventuring? This is complex enough. Right. I will say this. I absolutely freaking adored every second of the adult adventure like breaking into russia yes. and all of that nonsense I, it yes. was just so goofy and fun and they were they were just perfect it was really good the only i guess my only true complaint about stranger things and this could be me missing something because who knows but 
So I feel like we have these creatures. Tell me if I'm really missing this because I, I don't know. Like we have these creatures that were like a big part and they're coming from the upside down. But then when we're mm -hmm. in the upside down, like where are all these creatures? Where are the devil dogs? Yeah. And like in the original one, there was like one Demogorgon and then now there's like. Several. I don't, they're like, like a whole yeah. like nerve network or something. Yeah. But like no. where's the dogs yeah. from season two? Yeah, it's like a really good would, question. Did they did they morph? Not morph, evolve. Did they morph like a power? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they're transformers. <laughs> right. Cause I I mean there's bats now. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought the Vecnal thing yeah. was really good and creepy with the because I did not know where they were going with when it would show like the flashbacks of of that guy that was like supposedly insane and he was in prison and like the house mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then it, it ended up being him yeah it was I, I enjoyed it the villain um, story was a good one yeah truly i always <sighs> love a good villain story mm -hmm. even though i felt like the spider thing was shoehorned in there like to try to make sense about like why he looked this way because he was a boy who's obsessed with black widows oh. and, like that doesn't really jive but whatever still good i don't want to be the yeah, person that's like oh um <laughs> so look add bringing it back around and mm -hmm. i hope this doesn't throw things off but i meant to mention it earlier when we were talking about horror having a moment yeah um, both in movies and in uh books and i feel like i've read a lot more horror books than seen movies lately just because i don't get the tv to myself a lot and i live in a house full of chickens <laughs> but i follow this editor on TikTok um, on BookTok, and I've been looking for her name, and of course, I cannot find it. She works at one of the bigger big fives, mm. and she said, like, she'll do, like, a question and answer, and somebody was like, why are there a lot of witch books this year? Because there have been quite a bit of witch books come out over the yes. past year. It's got me very And uh, she was like, her theory is, and I thought this was really cool about having a moment. She's like, well, if you think about when these books were written, like when people first got these ideas, yeah. they probably, and my dates are all screwed up, but basically these, these ideas started brewing for women during the women's March. Yeah, me too. And mm -hmm. we had the whole slogan of, you know, we're the daughters of the witches. You didn't burn or, or whatever. I can't yeah. remember. I, I don't remember what that phrase was my exactly, brain but... is like uh, yeah because you got a witch book actually i do mine is not out and watching all these other ones be out and popular right now has me very anxious that i'm missing the the timing You're not, but I, I mean i i feel like witches is one of those things like i think it's going to be here for a minute i think so too people can well there continue to be speaking of 2022 there continue to be very good reasons to be very very pissed off at everything as a woman uh, right. With you know the Supreme Court and yeah. rights to her own bodies and all of that, so I I, I think you're right about that. Um, unfortunately, and maybe for the rage is not going time. anywhere. The rage is soon. lingering. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, <laughs> taking us back to the TV though, because Whoa. there's one more show I need to talk about from this year, and I think it's been extremely overlooked and underrated. Okay, what you got? Did you even hear about the show Outer Range on Amazon? I did hear about it. I did not get a chance to watch it. It's a weird West, right? Okay, look, it's Western motif, but really it's sci-fi. Is it going to have it's Western like sci-fi? Another season? Like, how did it do? Because I want to watch it, but I only want to watch it if it's not like going to end on a cliffhanger, and then because 
I've kind of heard mixed things. Okay. People either really love it or they're like, this is so boring. Okay. Look, it it, it kind of embraces that Western pacing a little bit. And I think they're pretty modern about it. So it's not like the good and the bad and the ugly where you're like in their eyes glaring at each other for a full minute. That doesn't happen. But it, for the type of really pacey sci-fi type of stuff that we're used to these days, it was very – it was a little different. It was more of a Westworld feel, like, first season type of a thing. Okay. Um, and it starts out feeling much more Western than sci-fi. And then there's just a real kicker at the end of the first episode. And I will – Share a little bit about the premise, and this does spoil the first episode a little bit, but it sets you up for the rest of the season, and I think it's kind of necessary to understand why it's sci-fi and why you should watch it. So it is about a family running their family farm business. There's a rival farm business right next door run by another family, and you know, like they've all lived in the same kind of like small town, very rural area their entire lives. They're tied to their land, which has been handed down generation to generation. And then at the end of this first, and so there's like tensions between these families and the boys in the next generation coming up who are now adults but don't own it yet are kind of falling out. And at the very end of this first episode, there is this huge gaping black hole in the middle of the first family's land. And only right. this one guy who is the patriarch of this family knows it's there. Huh. Like, and I won't say anything else about this show, but it gets really good. It gets a very kind of mystery tensions of like, not who done it, but who will get caught having done what type of a thing. And, um, there's like this stranger who comes and wants to like squat in their land because she's pursuing her own thing in like everything kind of slowly ties together and people kind of get in each other's way. And I just thought it was so superbly done. Uh, you have to give it a minute, but if you can get through three episodes of house of dragons for the payoff in the last episode, you can get through this show and you will be glad you did. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I will watch it. Wait until you're in the mindset for it. It doesn't have to be right this second. No, I need need something to watch. Like, I hate having to, like, I got that decision fatigue thing. There's, like, too much. There's too much. So I'm just going to watch this next. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch Wednesday, and I'm going to watch, uh, wait, Outer Range. Outer Range. Yes. It's so, so good. And I will tell you this. Like, everything ties up, and then there's a bit of a like a reveal at the end. I do think they set up a, se- a season two, but I don't think that they like left you like truly hanging on anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, that talking about Westerns and weird West, we can talk about your favorite a little bit West world <gasps> yeah. because I started watching it. I have fell- fallen off, but not because I've wanted to, but just because I haven't had the opportunity to like watch television without kids in and out and, I don't want them in and yeah. out of Westworld. Um, but I was getting really into it. This show, and I'm only on like season one, but there was a new season come out this year, right? There was. And this is one of those shows where I think I watched it too fast or something because I don't remember everything. It was definitely stronger than the, the season before it and kind of 
re-elevated in some ways and everyone across the cast was really stellar I thought I here's the thing about Westworld they've done a really good job sustaining a very difficult complex storyline that relies a lot on those like jumps of like twistiness which is so hard to do but this is just one of those shows where there is never anything as good as the first season and at this point they are so far removed from not just like the mind bendiness of that but also the motifs because you started in this west world that was totally fake but you don't know that yet as a viewer so you're signing up for something right. westerny right right but then as the story evolves and i i do credit them for like i think they did the right things to serve the story you couldn't just keep trapping it in that world right but Inevitably, because of that, you leave that entire feel of the show that you had at the beginning, and now you're in this hyper-modern future world that's, like, out in this, like, metropolis future major city. I didn't even know that. I'm, like, so, like, it's not So you're a few seasons behind. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty far behind. Like, I'm still in season one. Oh. Yeah, so for me, like, Part of why I like it is like the whole premise and it's this world that people visit and because you see how like horrible some people are and like, I, I don't know. You don't even, so, you, there's, oh, there's so much you don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> Story okay. of my life. Just let me know when you get to the end of season one. Okay. All right. Wait, I'm going to put it back on there without a range. So this might take a minute. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because yeah, this is one of those things where like, at the end of season one, like, you, like, like, you have to talk to somebody. So, okay. Like, Tinder is the flesh. You need to go read it so we can okay. talk about it. Okay. I feel I'm excited. Terrible. <laughs> I feel like a terrible person telling you to read it. Like, <laughs> it's <not> bad. <laughs> it's very well written. Like, this is not about the author. She did an amazing job. That's why it's so terrible. Because it's mm. like, holy shit. Like, Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like it's okay. very beautifully written. Just, it's very immersive. It's so You have me sweet. scared now that I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna get to the end and be like, so No, you won't. <laughs> okay. There's no there's no way. Even if you don't have the same reaction I had to some people, like they even have people that are like, I thought the book was boring, I didn't get it, mm-hmm. but then that last page. You're just like, What the fuck? So Okay. Yeah. Worth it. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know if I would say worth it. Like, like ah. you're going to go in. I mean, it's worth it if you're going to be traumatized. You want to traumatize yourself. Yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. Did you watch The Time Traveler's Wife? The new I started one? it. Okay. I started it. I really liked it. And then I don't know why I quit watching it. Probably this is what happened. Mm. Like, honest to God, like, it's funny, but you know. ADHD. I missed a few. I quit watching it, and then I forgot it existed. I completely yeah. forgot it was a thing until like right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, like all the time happens, all the time. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah, I like a show I can binge before I lose it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I need to be able to just plow through it. But did you watch it? No. I just remembered it existed. Getting ready for this episode. Well, it. It was pretty good what I saw. And the tricky thing about The Time Traveler's Wife, and I feel like they handled it well. I haven't read the book, 
Um, it's a friend of mine's favorite book, so I, mm. I own it, um, and I've read her other book. But it's this loop. It's this loop yeah. where he goes back in time, and he meets this little girl, and he's friends with her, and then that ends up being his wife. Yeah. But, but it's not the him that goes back in time only goes back in time because that's his wife as a kid. So it's like right. this whole loop. It's this chicken or egg. It's not like he's trying to go back and like groom this kid. It's two different. Like, right. In his, in his timeline, he's already married to her as an adult before he yes. ever meets her as a child. But right. in her timeline, because she's not a time traveler, she meets this stranger as a kid. They, they handle that good, I think, okay. in the show. Like, they make some jokes about it. I think there's um, one point, like, one of them has, like, uh, she has, like, a toy horse, and she says something about a groom. He's like, groom, don't use that word, or something like that. I don't know. Not to make jokes that really, but I feel like the show does a good job of acknowledging, hey, this is weird. Trust us. <laughs> it's not, this isn't Creepy. icky like you think it is. Yeah. Because it could be. It yeah, very, very much easily could There's be. a dark version of that waiting to be written. Yeah, I hope it mm. I hope it doesn't get written. Uh, yeah, I don't know how you, you complete that story arc. Mm-mm. Anyway. And anyway, also, if I did, let me reiterate that I did not finish it. So if something happens and it took a turn and it's not, I, I, I don't know about it. So that's where this is coming from. Fair. Yeah. And it totally totally different tone of show okay paper girls got an adaptation this year on amazon yes <gasps> yep. so good you, ali wong's fantastic all of the girls are cast perfectly they're all spectacular young little actresses and oh it's it's so much fun and then i found out halfway through it that they had already canceled season two yeah well i know you're such a fangirl of this like from the mm-hmm. comics mm-hmm. so i was interested so to hear your take on the show i thought it was really well they done did it was great. great job all those like giant ass fighting robots like i don't even think that was in the show but it was so in the spirit of the show it's <sighs> awesome bananas anyway it was not only a good year for uh, tv though there was also a lot of really good sci-fi and fantasy books that came out Okay, so what have you... Because I really feel like I know I've read fantasy this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I have. <laughs> and I know I've read science fiction. I know I have. But I've been on this horror train for so long. Um, I bought some science, some fantasy that's good. I bought... I'm going to say this wrong and sound stupid. Priory of an Orange Tree? Is that what it's called? I have been hearing so much about this book. Um, is she thick? But... Uh... <laughs> Being stupid, but it's a big, it's, it's a big book, I think. <laughs> I bought, I went inside, okay, so this was like my therapy, like two weeks ago. I was in a funky mood, and so I went in Barnes & Noble, and I bought like a shit ton of tic- uh, book talk books, and there was a uh, lot of science fiction and fantasy in there that I'm really excited to read, but I haven't mm-hmm, read it yet. Mm-hmm. Have you read anything that's like stood out to you? Uh, well, there was Manhunt, and then um, I read Book of Night by Holly Black. I think that was I'm in the middle adult. of that right now oh, on audio. Lots I'm, of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm I listening did, to it. I did an audio, too, and I was, like, scrambling through it because she was at the National Book Festival this year, and I was so excited to be at the book festival again, for the, like, in person, because it's been yeah. digital the last two years, and you can't get your freaking book signed 
right. when it's digital. So I bought it like while I was listening to the audio, like trying to get through the last bit of it before I went and saw her do her interview and then got it signed. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But I mean, it was so worth it. The cover is gorgeous. I'm so excited about it. Honestly, not being like pretentious, but like there's just, there's not that many authors that I would just get like freaking geeking out yeah. over, freaking geeking out over to see. And I know like Victoria Schwab would be one and then mm-hmm. Holly Black is definitely yeah the other one. And yeah. I'm sure there's more, but like off the top of my head, that's, that's my two. Uh, so yeah, that was a good one. And then I also, right now, I am reading What Big Teeth by Rose Zabo. Yes. And I didn't even realize that was a 22 release. I had to double check it, and I am really enjoying it. Wait, actually, I, that, I, hold on a minute. Let me make sure we're, I'm thinking of the same book before I start so a conversation. This is the one about a girl who returns back home to her recluse family of werewolves. And the grandmother dies. What? Just recently before this read, uh, We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. And yeah, like it's like they're both like the the outcast family on the fringes of town. Nobody really wants to engage with them, but they're all also really curious about them. Like no one will quite leave them alone. Um, But there's something like kind of scary about this family and the family doesn't want to engage with them either. And there's like specific scenes in both books where they have to like go into town to get supplies and stuff like that. And so it's been really interesting and I'm kind of wondering if it's the same narrator. I need to check, but there's like a very similar style and intonation to how these two stories are being read on the audiobook. So I'm sure that plays in as well, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's one that it's been months since I've listened to it. Uh, but I do remember really enjoying it. It felt like it was quiet and it was not slow, but it was like not like a lot of kind of creepy YA. I feel hmm. like it, it uses more tension maybe. And this yeah. it, for me, it was more curiosity. I was like, what hmm. is going on? But I never felt it's- like, Ah, I need to get to the yeah. bottom of this. I mean, like, there's a real kind of, like, under-the-surface sense that there are monstrous things going on and that you can't trust anybody, uh, you know, because of these animalistic instincts and because they live so removed from most of society. You never know what some of these characters are going to do and just not care about. Yeah. Um, but also, like, there's a very understated way in which this author goes about presenting like the werewolfness, like the animal yes. monstrous side of all of this. It's just kind of like, right. oh, and his like wolf teeth flashed for a minute and then he was himself again. Right. And then there was, um, I, I was just actually thinking the same thing. Great minds. But like mm-hmm. when she's like, you know, when grandma, when grandpa's in the room, don't run because he'll have yeah. to chase you. Like things yeah. like that. And you're like, holy crap. And you live here. Or like when they're eating and they're all eating like the raw meat. But when you said this, I thought when you said, um, what was the name of this one again? It was... What Big Teeth? What Big Teeth. So there was recently another werewolf book released by Rachel Harrison called Such Sharp Teeth. Oh. And I bought it. I have it. <laughs> Book.com. Um, I kind of went bananas there. For- she wrote The Return, which is pretty good. Uh, pretty good. It's good. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just realized that could sound like a slight, but I don't mean it that way at all. It's really good. And then she wrote Cackle, which I haven't read yet. But um, Such Sharp Teeth, I think, is another 
werewolf story, but I think it's like a woman werewolf. I'm pretty sure. I've, I've really done this thing with horror lately where I like to go in plot and just kind of figuring it out as I go. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been really good because I've read a couple of books that I would have been not like went earthling. I probably wouldn't have read it. Oh. Um, I read a book called, and if, if you're on horror book talk, you may have saw this, which is weird because I don't think it's horror. It didn't strike me as horror at all, but it is very, very weird read. And I think you would enjoy it because you enjoy some weird books, but it's called bunny. Oh, I've been seeing that cover. Yes. It's one that you have to just keep reading. Like you, you never really know what's going on and you like the whole book you're like what the hell is happening here who is this person but you can't stop reading it and Mm. honestly you never really do know what's going on and it's such a trip and it's so weird (laughs) it is so strange so okay you remember when we both by chance like we didn't plan it but we both read um well, we were just talking about her. Um, Time Traveler's Wife. What was the name of her other book? Her Fearful Symmetry. Oh, yeah. And there was several different things happening. But you never really knew which direction the book was going. Like, you knew the ghost was trying to get out. You knew, like, these these different things. It's weirder than that. Like, a lot weirder than that. But it's that same feel. Like, that same vibe. Except it's almost like Mean Girls thrown into it. It is is the weirdest if you're looking for something um i don't i i guess it's literary horror but honestly i would just probably call it speculative like i never felt scared reading that book like ever and i know i've i've watched like people debate horror if you should feel afraid or not feel afraid or if that's the genre i don't know i mean i don't know all i know is it's not scary but it's very good it's um interesting (laughs) Uh, and then, you know, I I have not gotten to a large number of uh, 2022 releases yet, but there are a number that I am, like, devastated I haven't gotten to yet. So one is Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. Adored the last book I read by them. Um, Magic for Liars, I really enjoyed. Okay, so, I saw you pop that. I am so excited to read that. I have I don't really, really know a lot about it, but I think I know just enough to make it interesting. Like make it like I'm intrigued. It's it's really well done. It's a lot of fun. You'll like it and I think just like home is gonna be even better. I think it's a little bit more into the horror space as opposed uh-huh. to fantasy or other stuff. So I'm excited for that. The daughter of Dr. Moreau by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Absolutely adored Mexican Gothic and I have an um they did a re-release uh, Velvet Was the Night which has a gorgeous cover on my bookshelf right now Daughter of Dr. Moreau's cover is very pretty. it's also like, very nice because I always like every time I pick it up I'm like okay you're coming from yeah. the <laughs> so those were some of the big ones I didn't get to yet I, even though I knew the end by C.L. Polk I really enjoyed uh, their last novel yes so that's gonna have to go on my TBR um this one's contemporary. It's not fantasy, but I do think it's worth noting as a literary event that occurred in 2022 that Sabah who's Tahir, who's written other fantasy books previously that were bestsellers, I believe, this year 
uh, was recognized for her most recent novel, which is contemporary, All My Rage, by the National Book Awards. She won the oh. YA Award. And she was the first Muslim and Pakistani-American woman to win it ever. So that's really wonderful. That is wonderful. That's I awesome. definitely want to read that one. Adding it to my Lizzie Q right now. Yeah. Like, as we speak. I, so, I, like, this is terrible, but in December, when I think back over the year, the things I think about, if I don't have it written down, it could be this year. It could be five years ago. So, yeah. like, I don't know when I read these books. <laughs> it's just very... <laughs> I've talked about and troped out when we've had guests on. Like, I, I don't, this didn't release this year, I don't believe. But this is how you lose the time war. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I think that okay, was maybe a 2021 or 2020, but... It's interesting, like, I probably should have done a better job with my list checking the dates, but one thing that I've really loved that's come out of, like, TikTok and different places is a lot of books that maybe didn't make a huge splash when they were first released are now, like, finding their footing, and Mm -hmm. I'll get these books, and I'll think they're, like, new releases, and I'll check the dates, and it's, like, came out in 2019, and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I... I think it started during the pandemic where backlog or like backlog backlist was really keeping sales afloat for publishers. And I think it has to do with people just having that kind of deep dive moment, but also obviously TikTok is encouraging such behaviors (laughs) in a big way. Yes. It's wild by the way, the whole Colleen Hoover phenomenon Girl, I know. I I never I have Colleen Hoover on my Libby Q and I'm not even a big like contemporary yeah. romance person. And like she could be writing absolutely anything and it would still be totally wild because she's been like a consistent be- it's like when Taylor Swift releases her new album, but it's just her right. entire backlist is like the top ten books at any given yes. time. It's cr- oh, it is. crazy. It's neat. Like, I was at one of my son's football games the other day, and, like, I look over, and, like, there, it's been a minute since it's been like this for me. Like, seeing people, like, have books places and places Uh, where people aren't normally uh reading. And I haven't read any of her books yet. Um, I, I have Verity on my hold list, so I do plan on reading that. But I don't know if they're just, like, compulsively readable, if they're, like, you know, and I don't use the word easy as like a slight, but like right. an easy read, Digestible. like something you yeah. can digest. It's it entertains you. It has a good twist. Yeah. You know? So I I think it's great. Like anything it's great that, for her. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like anything that's got people read, that is great for her. Yeah. And also, what's interesting is like the Akatar series, A Court of Thorns oh, and Roses, yeah. Thorn and that's Roses, that's been out for over. a minute, and it is everywhere everywhere yeah, yeah. crazy but, town yeah like i feel like okay so if you try to get on book talk and you aren't like a colleen hoover or a is it sarah j mass is that person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that you're gonna just have to like give it a minute for your algorithm <laughs> to settle because that's all you're gonna see so you just have to skip through and eventually you'll get to like engage with the stuff you want the scary books and yeah. the geeky books they're there a little bit mm-hmm. so true um but yeah I've, I've been really interested in this whole backlist thing because i feel like it means i feel like there's like a a promise in here of like if you 
write consistently and you build up your body of work as an author, you will reach that kind of like sustainability point sooner. Yeah. Like that traction point than you maybe would have pre-pandemic. It's right. also, I think it makes it a little bit harder to be a debut. Yeah, I think so. I, I can see both of that. And like hearing different people talk about it, I feel like the authors say like they, you know, they kind of hate TikTok because they write books. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be on TikTok. And I get that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think it's good for people that maybe, like, especially if you're not traditionally, if you're indie published or small press published, press published, mm-hmm. it's like you're, you have a chance yeah. to reach an audience yeah. that you would not have been able to reach before. Um, and, and it's super saturated and it's yeah. difficult and it, you might not, but the, the shot is there. Yeah, and I would say if you are a romance writer in particular, if you're not at least giving TikTok a good fighting chance with consistent posts for a while, you are leaving money on the table probably literally. TikTok is, yeah, I think it is the biggest, um, the biggest. Like they're the most compulsive reading community too. Like they're the most prolific, and so it totally makes sense. Like that's the that's the readership that's the most hungry to discover new things constantly. So yeah, like get in thriller, front of them. Thriller talks so small. Like, <laughs> it's like I feel like it's like fifty people. Like I, people are like, oh, I only see the same books, and then people are like, no, it's just because you like. I'm like, no, I'm searching. If you like thriller books, like, yeah. I'm finding you. It's pretty big, but thriller talk is tiny. Um, no. Romance is definitely. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Tangent. I am sitting here trying to think of probably my favorite speculative movie I saw this year. And I am just like, what's a movie? Did I watch a movie? I didn't watch a lot of movies this year. I Like, honestly, I'm really not back in movie theaters yet. And movie theaters want us to be back. Or movie companies want us to be back in movie theaters. So there's not as much availability on digital. There's still a fair amount of availability, but not the same amount. Like, they're making you pay for it more now. Right. Which is fair, because they cost a lot of money to to make movies and all of that but like i just like in with tv shows so prevalent and i'm already subscribing to those things that's been a lot of what i've been consuming i think where you live theaters are a lot more crowded like literally we went to a movie the other day and it was my family oh that's really (laughs) nice it was really good like we saw a movie when we were in norway and it was not crowded there but like yeah in dc it i mean i haven't been in one no that's not true we went and saw a couple at the east street theater in dc um a few months ago but we, <laughs> it's not become a regular habit obviously um but for the most part like yeah I, movie theaters around here get pretty packed and so it's been a little bit like eh, i don't want to breathe next to somebody for that long quite yet yeah, definitely i do like how you can look on and see like how crowded it is and then decide mm. yeah so yeah. did eternals come out this year i didn't even watch it I feel like that was going to be the next big Marvel thing, and yeah. like it kind of fizzled. And which is especially honestly, remarkable with like the momentum they'll have. I'm so sick. Like it's too big. I can't invest anymore in it. I'm over it. Okay, okay, but do you want to like not think and just kind of like laugh and like okay, just laugh? And it's it's Marvel. It's so stupid. You can't go in and like expect anything except like just look at the Hemsworth and you can laugh. Like, it's be- it's beauty and funny, but Thor, Love and Thunder, I loved it. I'm in the minority here. Everybody, like, hated it, but it was, didn't Taika 
Waititi? Is that how you, yeah. you know, the guy that yeah, did the Nicola pirate Waititi. show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember much about the movie. I'm sure the plot was stupid, but I laughed and I appreciated that. And it didn't really feel like a Marvel movie to me, even though it was Thor. It just felt like a dumb movie I watched and it was, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Nice. Um, and there was a, this is my last thing, I promise. Yes. New new season um, of The Boys. Did you watch it? And how did you feel about it? Oh, I did watch it. Oh, man. Everything you, every time I think that they have gone as extreme as they can, they find a way to right. go darker and more absurd. And right. I think that there was a lot about this final, not final, this most recent season that was off-putting for a lot of people. Like some of the people who I know who have enjoyed the last few seasons of it now were like, this was too much. And I was like, really? Like this That's is just the line. like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line? It's right there. <laughs> right. Um, the line was a shrinking man who goes into yep. another man's. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Why? Like <laughs> he had to be literally inside him or like key plot points wouldn't have happened. Like, I mean, we've I, already had a had woman to, kill a man climaxing while he's right. going down on her. Like, there's right. the, where's the line? Like, like you can't. There's, there, this is not the show to have a line. Um, right. And so they really, they went for it. I was horrified. I was impressed. And I enjoyed the entire thing. How about you? I enjoyed it from a purely entertainment side. But I was so pissed off at the story this season because this is why. Like, just hear me out. So they have a goal and they come up with this whole idea to reach their goal and they do it. And all these people die to do mm-hmm. their goal. Mm-hmm. They're innocent. They, and it goes as terrible as they think it's going to go. And then mm-hmm. at the end, and it's like all these other people have died. But suddenly for this one reason, they're like, never mind. Pew! And take care of the thing that was going to. I'm trying not to give spoilers. It's dumb. Yeah. But, I should do it. but basically they were trying to kill Homelander. They bring this retired superhero. They break him yeah. out of Russia. They kill all these people to do it. He's a horrible guy. Um, he comes out. He kills people. He's finally going to kill Homelander, but they think he's going too far. And so, like, they kill him, and now Homelander's still alive. So, like, right. it literally like, could have not the, happened. The they could have just not done that, and nothing would have changed. Homelander would still be here, and more people would be alive. That's why ever... I got stupid. I was like, they're the bad guys. They just killed all these people, yeah. and Homelander's still alive. Well, and now, I mean... They're always shitty guys. They're just less shitty because they're not super powered. Oh, they're all horrible. They're all horrible. But I I liked it, and I was entertained. But I was like, please don't let this start being the writing. Please, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch Arrested Development? I've watched it sporadically. Okay. I haven't seen all of it, but I'm familiar. Yeah, my I husband just loves thought of the show. line. <laughs> We've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we say that to each other in this house, maybe a few times a month it comes up a lot anyway anyway i don't know i think that's all i've got for this year honestly i can't even remember there's so much i want to see like i like you said nope has been on my radar forever i yeah. really want to see it um i feel like in an earlier fantasy girls episode we were talking about um his first movie is it called us or the us is- was the I think, but you know what I'm talking about. And at the time, I was like, I don't really like it. Whatever. I rewatched it, and I really liked it. So just I don't know what I was remem- on back in the day. Yeah. 
just remembering what the plot was, I think it was us. I think so. Um, it was it was really good. But I want to see Nope. Um, yeah, me too. I'm... I honestly feel like it's kind of that Western motif. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a like moment. Alien. Yeah. Yeah. I like a speculative Western. Yes. Weird Western is one Western. of my favorite. Oh, you know what oh. else we haven't? I'm sorry. Last thing. Oh, go for it. Mm-hmm. Bebop. Um, Cowboy Bebop. I've never seen it. Oh, my God. It is so <laughs> weird. It okay. is a space opera Western Wait, noir. Wait, an anime? Okay, so it started as an anime, and okay. then I think there was an animated television show in Japan. But what I am talking about, in the only version of this that I have actually experienced, and I know I should go back and read it. I'm sure it's spectacular. But Netflix did a real, like a live adaptation of it. Okay. I think over last winter. Okay. Cowboy Bebop. And again, I am sorry, they canceled the show promptly upon its release. Which was heartbreaking. Like, they must be basing a lot of this on that first week launch. Because they, I have seen that they've, like, a trend there. Like, release stuff, awesome. But Amazon did Paper Girls, huh? Yeah, you're right. Two different, I mean, but they're probably using the same KPIs. Um, Anyway, so yeah, this one was Netflix. It was spectacular. I had so much freaking fun with it. You would really enjoy it. It's heavily stylized. It's a huge, heavy mishmash of different, like, genre tropes. And... Oh, it was just like a wild ride of, of bizarre fun. Is there anything you're looking forward to in December or in 2023? I'm asking you a question I cannot answer, so if you don't have an answer, don't feel bad. I I can't even think that far ahead. There's so much to still watch from 2022. I know. There's so much content. I'm sure I will think of things later. We should do an, We should just do a separate episode for that. Once I've yeah. had a chance to like get my head around it, because I'm not ready for that all to happen yet. It's been a big year. <laughs> um, cool. I want to like, I don't know, like talking about this. I want to see and read all the witch stuff. So I think yeah, I'm gonna bump all the witchy stuff up on my TBR. That's a good watch. choice. That's a really good choice. Okay, let's wrap up with this, and that okay. is for listeners to please. All right. Tell yes. us what your favorite mm-hmm. books, shows, speculative whatever were in 2022. Yes. Tell us also what you're looking forward to in 2023, and we'll have to circle back around on that once we have we you know, stolen all of your ideas. We and will. hey, give us a Still review uh, once you're done listening to this. Tell your friends. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. For as long as Twitter yes. continues to exist, we shall see. Oh, we yep. are also, speaking of the uh, the downfall of Twitter, we do also have accounts set up on Hive with the yes, uh, publishing do. migration there now. So you can find us there as well. Yes. And um, thanks for continuing to listen with our extremely sporadic, completely unpredictable, yeah, every once thanks. in a while, Science Fantasy Girls podcast. Thanks for geeking out with us.